Faith, Hope and Love, episode 381, the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. In Australia, it's Father's Day this weekend, the first Sunday of September. We give thanks today for all fathers, for their love, their care, their generosity. We pray that God grants them joy in their family and friends and health and strength. For all fathers who have passed into eternal life, may God give them a permanent place at the heavenly feast that never ends, for all their goodness and kindness. This is Faith, Hope and Love. You are just, O Lord, and your judgment is right. Treat your servant in accord with your merciful love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Happy Father's Day to all our dads in the community. May God bless you and grant you peace and joy. We also pray for all dads who have gone before us that they now are enjoying the peace, joy and mercy of God's kingdom. We come together as brothers and sisters in Christ, so let us prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries by first recalling our sins and remembering Christ's greater mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to
let us pray for true Christian freedom. O God, by whom we are redeemed and receive adoption, look graciously upon your beloved sons and daughters, that those who believe in Christ may receive true freedom and an everlasting inheritance. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Book of Wisdom For who can learn the counsel of God? Or who can discern what the Lord wills? For the reasonings of mortals is worthless, and our designs are likely to fail. For a perishable body weighs down the soul, and this earthly tent burdens the thoughtful mind. We can hardly guess at what is on earth, and what is at hand we find with labour. But who has traced out what is in the heavens? Who has learned your counsel unless you have given wisdom and sent your Holy Spirit from on high? And thus the paths of those on earth were set right, and people were taught what pleases you, and were saved by wisdom. The Word of the Lord In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. You turn us back into dust and say, Go back, children of the earth, to your eyes a thousand years are like yesterday's come and gone, no more than a watch in the night. You sweep us away like a dream, like grass which springs up in the morning. In the morning it springs up and flowers, by evening it withers and fades. Make us know the shortness of our life, that we may gain wisdom of heart. Lord, relent, is your anger for ever? Show pity to your servants. In the morning, fill us with your love. We shall exult and rejoice all our days. Let the favour of the Lord be upon us. Give success to the work of our hands. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to Philemon. Beloved, I, Paul, do this as an old man, and now also as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I am appealing to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I have become during my imprisonment. I am sending him, that is, my own heart, back to you. I wanted to keep him with me, 
so that he might be of service to me in your place during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent, in order that your good deed might be voluntary and not something forced. Perhaps this is the reason he was separated from you for a while, so that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So, if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. The Word of the Lord Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Let your face shine on your servant and teach me your law. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Large crowds were travelling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate their father and mother, spouse and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even their life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000, to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, whoever of you does not give up all their possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord To become a full disciple of Christ, we know comes at considerable cost. Being a full-fledged follower of Christ means accepting a value system that is often at odds with other value systems. This can lead to us being ridiculed and ostracised. Throughout history, it's led to people losing their friends, family members, reputation, their position, standing in society, and even their lives. The cost is worth it. But our Lord wants us to know that the values of the kingdom will turn on its head the many values of the world. Those benefiting from keeping things as they always were are not going to surrender their position and privilege lightly. Our Lord doesn't desire divisions, but he warns us there are no fence sitters in the kingdom. We have to jump in wholeheartedly 
and be prepared for opposition, which will not fight fairly. Sadly, those who oppose Christ's values oppose his vision of true justice, compassion, inclusion, love and peace. Why would Jesus counsel his followers to hate their families or their lives? This seems contrary to the consistent message of Christ, which is about love, inclusion, mercy and graciousness that our Lord has been proclaiming throughout his whole ministry. William Barclay, the scripture scholar, says, When Jesus made this declaration, he was on the road to Jerusalem. He had set his face towards Jerusalem, and there was no stopping him. He knew he was on his way to surrender everything for us. He was going to die after suffering terribly on the cross. The crowds with him thought he was on his way to an empire to take over, to claim earthly kingship. No wonder he turned around and spoke to them clearly and bluntly in this way. In the most vivid way possible, he told them, anyone who wants to follow me is not on a road to worldly power and glory. You must know that. Rather, you must be ready for loyalty, which will sacrifice the dearest things in life. You must be ready for suffering, which would be like the agony of a man on the cross. And for Christ himself and some of his closest disciples, it was literally to be such agony. Others would experience spiritual agony of the same. We must understand his words as intended. And we must remember that Jesus was speaking with the nuance of the Eastern language as it was spoken, which is always vivid, as vivid as the human mind can make it. When Jesus tells us to hate our nearest and dearest, He doesn't mean literally. There's no hatred in God. He means that no love in life can compare with the love we must bear to God first. Christ knew if anyone who followed him had him as second priority or lower, then when the first of many challenges, threats and suffering come along, these people would fall away immediately. So this passage teaches us it's possible to be a follower of Jesus without being a disciple. That is, you can follow an army, so to speak, wherever it went, but it doesn't mean you're a soldier. You could be a hanger-on in some great work without pulling one's weight. When the battle occurs, and if you're not the soldier, you might run the other way. There's a modern-day story where a person talking to a great scholar about another person, name-dropping his connection to that scholar, so-and-so tells me that he was one of your students. The great scholar replies, He may have attended my lectures, but he was not one of my students. That would be a devastating thing. It's the same with the Christian church. There may be some distant followers of Jesus, but how many are real disciples? The second point we can take from this gospel is a Christian's first duty is to count the cost of following Christ. But if the high demands of Christ daunt us, let's remember that we're not left to fulfill this task alone. Christ walks this step before us and also walks it with us every step of our life. Our Lord's constant practical example and his teaching show us that we must love and cherish our family and loyally keep our commitments and duties that we owe to parents and family. He's not cancelling that out, even if one could twist the words of the scripture to say that. Our Lord saved one of his most stinging criticisms for people who used religious excuses to justify neglecting their duty to parents and family. So when our Lord says in the gospel we should hate our lives 
or our families, the actual point of Jesus' message is not to reject or abandon bonds of family, the ties of blood, but rather to widen our vision of family. So Jesus is telling his disciples that his definition of family includes our traditional ties of blood relations, but also includes anyone who acts and follows in Christ's ways. Anyone who holds the values of the kingdom, all people, which he means to be taken quite seriously and quite literally. We know that Jesus had deep respect and love for his family, both his earthly family and, of course, his heavenly family. So faithfulness to Christ and love and respect for our family need not be any kind of contradiction, which is good news to know. Hopefully our faith, our values and relationships with our family and friends will be mutually consistent and supportive. As Christians, as people of goodwill everywhere in the world, we've gotten so many of our beautiful values from our families, and rightly so. Jesus is simply saying that if in some situation there had to be a choice between following God and remaining a part of our loving family, well, something must have gone awry in that family. Jesus is saying here, you've got to be in this disciple thing 100%. Half measures just won't do. Being the body of Christ makes us complete sharers in the life of Jesus. And Jesus was never one to do things by half measures. There may very well be a lot of hating at the time of Christ's ministry, but the hating was not by Jesus or his followers. Rather, some people hated Jesus. They hated his message. They wanted to destroy him and his message and persecute any of his followers. And they hated him and his followers precisely because they're seen to be welcoming outsiders and strangers into the fold of the family of God, whom they think shouldn't be there. Unintended but very real conflict and loss will be suffered because of choosing to follow Jesus, because people included in Jesus' plan are people who others think should be left out. The hatred and persecution will come from those who are very comfortable with things as they are, because they're doing very well while others are doing very badly. A change in this situation will be detrimental to them, even if it is helpful to others, and they won't stand for it. The plain truth is our goal is not merely to be a good person and avoid doing wrong. Being a disciple is a goal as well. Discipleship, being a friend and family member of Christ, is an expensive proposition because it'll cost everything we have. Jesus needs us to give all we have in energy and time. It shouldn't be inconsistent with so many good values in life because all good values come from God. Why is this price so high? It shouldn't be, but it's because the stakes are so high. Christ's kingdom is filled with the wonderful values and virtues that all people want and need. They're worth fighting for, and these values are life-giving and lasting. Christ is asking us to put our lives, energy, and resources into the service of his plan for building up the kingdom of God and its transforming values and they are quite revolutionary. Christ, more than anyone, knows that following him will lead to tensions and pain, but not because he wants us to reject family, but rather because his message includes more people in the family than others under the old system want or can cope with. 
In the kingdom, the waters of baptism bind us more closely and more infinitely with all our other members than even deep hereditary ties of family. And so this turns the whole system on its head. If people everywhere extended to everyone they met that same love, loyalty, and unconditional bond of generosity that we share with people who are related to us by blood, what a difference the world would be. And it would be a world ever closer to the vision of Christ's kingdom. We see an example of this perfectly illustrated by St. Paul, who really is a true and inspiring disciple. We're so fortunate so many of his writings are in the New Testament. He speaks about a fellow Christian, a runaway slave, who's become like a son to him, he writes, because he's a fellow disciple of Christ, a member of the family. Paul writes to another disciple and begs that disciple to accept his runaway slave back, not as a slave anymore, but as a brother in Christ. This is perfectly consistent with Jesus' gospel, and today we would understand that perfectly. There's a considerable change in our lives and relationships when we become true disciples of Christ. Things change dramatically. Old values and old ways of doing things end and new values begin. The owner of a slave, which was quite a common practice in Roman times, that owner has paid an enormous price for becoming a Christian because he's lost his slave. This slave, who has also become a Christian, is now a free person under Christ's law. Because in Christ, there's no distinction between slave and free. We're all free. Whatever happened to Onesimus? Was he freed as Paul requested? Well, I didn't know, but if we move on 50 years later, St. Ignatius, one of the great Christian martyrs, is being taken to execution from Antioch to Rome. And as he goes, he writes letters, which still survive. To the churches of Asia Minor. He stops at Smyrna and writes to the church at Ephesus. And in the first chapter of that letter, he has much to say about their wonderful bishop. And the bishop's name is Onesimus. And Ignatius makes the same pun as Paul made. He is Onesimus by name and Onesimus by nature. That word means profitable. So he is profitable or useful to Christ. And it may well be that this is the same runaway slave who has been released by his owner and has become a wonderful member of the Christian faith and later has become a great bishop of Ephesus. How wonderful are God's ways. Well worth staying on this difficult path. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen.
We have gathered as a community trusting in the promises of God, so let us offer our prayers with confidence. That lay members of the church may have the courage and generosity to take on increasing responsibility for the church's works of education and evangelization. Lord, hear us. That the leaders of our country may come among us not to be served but to serve. Lord, hear us. That those who are imprisoned for their beliefs may draw strength from the example of St. Paul. Lord, hear us. that those who suffer mentally or physically may experience the liberating love of Christ through the ministry of his compassionate followers. Lord, hear us. That those who have died may rest in peace especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. God of mercy, we ask you to hear now these prayers we make through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. With humble and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord, and may our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. Wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at our hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. O God, who give us the gift of true prayer and of peace, graciously grant that through this offering we may do fitting homage to your divine majesty, and by partaking of the sacred mystery 
we may be faithfully united in mind and heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For we know it belongs to your boundless glory that you came to the aid of mortal beings with your divinity, and even fashioned for us a remedy out of mortality itself, that the cause of our downfall might become the means of our salvation through Christ our Lord. Through him the host of angels adores your majesty and rejoices in your presence for ever. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in one chorus of exultant praise as we acclaim, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one, by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Mark, our Bishop, and his assistants, Ken and Tim, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. 
Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Amen. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. May the mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit, through your death gave life to the world, free me by this your most holy body and blood from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments and never let me be parted from you. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Amen. May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Amen. Like the deer that yearns for running streams, so my soul is yearning for you, my God. My soul is thirsting for God, the living God. A prayer for spiritual communion in union with all who are unable to physically receive communion at this time. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the blessed sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already here, 
and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Body of Christ. Amen. The Blood of Christ. Amen. Let us pause for a time of quiet post-communion prayer and reflection.
What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart, that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. Let us pray. Grant that your faithful, O Lord, whom you nourish and endow with life through the food of your word and heavenly sacrament, may so benefit from your beloved Son's great gifts that we may merit an eternal share in his life. Who lives and reigns for ever and ever. Amen. Thanks everyone and happy Father's Day again to all fathers. I pray you have a grace-filled and compassion-filled week. The Lord be with you. Let's bow our heads and pray for God's blessing, especially on all fathers. God our Father, in your wisdom and love you made all things. We give thanks for and ask you to bless all fathers. Grant them wisdom and love to always be good fathers. Let the example of their faith and love shine forth. Grant that we, their sons and daughters, may honour them always with a spirit of profound respect. Grant this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace.
this day 